Australian inflation was faster than expected in the September quarter, which has prompted ANZ's economists to forecast a rate hike on Melbourne Cup Day. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ senior international economist Tom Kenny unpacks a thing we've been hearing a lot about lately, the term premium, and explains why it's moved and why that matters. Recently, we've just seen it pop above uh, positive uh, territory in, in the first time for a while. And um, it's the major factor that we're seeing uh, driving up uh, bond yields at the moment. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, number one, in overnight markets, the NASDAQ is down sharply in late New York trade, and the S&P 500 has fallen too, after a round of big tech company results weren't quite as good as some hoped. The NASDAQ was down 2% as at 5 o'clock in the morning Australian time, after Alphabet, remember that's Google, reported its cloud computing revenues were weaker than expected. Also, stocks are off in reaction to more volatility in bond markets. The US 10-year Treasury yield jumped again overnight and is up 12 basis points to 4.96%. All of this risk-off sentiment saw the Aussie dollar weaken to 63.14 US cents and the Kiwi dollar slide to 58.11 US cents. Gold was up $8 an ounce at $1,994 US dollars an ounce in late US trade. We'll talk about that later on. Number two, Australia's inflation rate was higher than expected yesterday. So ANZ's economists have changed their call for the RBA's cash rate to a hike on Melbourne Cup Day, November the 7th, from no hike. Here's ANZ's senior economist for Australia, Catherine Birch, to explain. We've changed our call and now expect the RBA will increase the cash rate by 25 basis points at their November 7th meeting. So that would take the cash rate to 4.35%. And that change in our call has really been based on two things. Uh, One, the stronger Q3 CPI data, but two, the more hawkish rhetoric that we've seen from the RBA over the past couple of weeks. And that's via channels such as the minutes of the October board meeting, but also the speech that uh, Governor Bullock gave on Tuesday night. Number three. So what was in those Q3 CPI results that have changed the outlook to a much more hawkish one? Here's Catherine Birch again. So both the headline CPI and the trimmed mean measure re-accelerated to 1.2% for the quarter in Q3. Not only did headline and trimmed mean inflation re-accelerate on a quarterly basis, we saw other key measures re-accelerate as well. And that suggests that the weaker Q2 result might not have been indicative of the underlying trend. That re-acceleration we saw was across non-tradables inflation, services and goods inflation, and the non-discretionary inflation category as well. Now, while that means that annual inflation is still falling, it doesn't appear fast enough to be falling to hit the RBA's forecasts for the end of 2023. The RBA said in its latest minutes that the board has a low tolerance for a slower return of inflation to target than currently expected. Number four, Catherine also told us there were some major swings in some of the expenditure classes in the CPI basket this quarter. Fuel prices rose 7.2% during the quarter, reflecting those higher oil prices. 
Uh, and we also saw electricity prices jump 4.2% in the quarter, although that would have been a much stronger rise of 18.6% without state and federal governments stepping in with rebates for some households on their electricity bills. On the downside, we saw childcare prices fall a substantial 13.2% in the quarter, reflecting changes to the childcare subsidy, and that offset uh, price rises from childcare providers. We also saw fruit and vegetable prices fall as the favourable um, growing and harvesting conditions meant that supply has been quite a bit stronger recently, uh, and domestic travel prices fell 2.5% in the quarter as well. Number five. Now, if you remember earlier, I talked about the gold price rising. That's partly on growing tensions in the Middle East and hunts for a safe haven. Usually, gold falls whenever there's an increase in real bond yields, and that's because gold doesn't produce a yield of its own, and so bonds are more attractive when they rise. But that inverse relationship has broken in recent months. ANZ senior commodity strategist Daniel Hines sees a couple of factors at play, including safe haven buying and central bank buying. We've seen uh, over the last few years, um, in particular uh, the pandemic, the Russian-Ukraine war, even US-China trade war, and then most recently the Israeli-Hamas war. Could it be a factor that some central banks are swapping treasuries for gold? Absolutely. We've seen actually really strong buying from central banks um, in part to uh, reduce their reliance on uh, the US dollar, but also you know, a, a more broader sort of a diversification um, you know, of, their, um, of their reserves um, and exposure to that, that fixed income market. So that's an issue, I think, which has, has been um, a real driver for um, gold in uh, the last six months, and I suspect uh, will continue. Daniel Hines there. Now it's time for our bonus deep dive interview. I asked ANZ senior international economist Tom Kenny about something we've been hearing a lot about in recent bond market sell-offs, the term premium. It's the compensation investors require for bearing interest rate risks. The possibility that uh, interest rates may change over the life of a bond. So if interest rates do uh, change over the life of the bond, this can impact the, the value of the bond to the investor. Now, the term premium, as I said, is a nebulous concept, so it isn't really observable. What we tend to do is attain it as a residual. Uh, so it's that part that's left over after you, you subtract forward-looking expectations of, of the real short-term policy rate and uh, expectations about uh, the longer-run inflation outlook. So when you take those two together and you subtract them from the, the bond yield, you get this um, what we call is the term premium. Now, uh, typically this term premium, if over a longer term, it's averaged around about one percentage point. Uh, but in recent times, it's uh, you know it's in the COVID, it's been negative. Recently, we've just seen it pop above uh, positive uh, territory in, in the first time for a while. And um, it's the major factor that we're seeing uh, driving up uh, bond yields at the moment. Uh, that is that it's not people's expectations about monetary policy that's changing. It's not people's expectation about inflation that's changing. It's this uh, compensation for risk um, for holding a bond that's, that's rising at the moment, which is causing bond yields to rise. And I guess it's significant insofar as if this rise in the term premium is actually uh, permanent, 
then it's leading to a tightening in financial conditions. And last week we saw uh, Fed Chair uh, Powell suggest that if this rise in the term premium uh, is persistent, then this may negate the need for any additional uh, tightening that the Fed might have to do uh, in coming months. So why, why does everyone think the term premium is rising? Because, as you say, for periods it's been negative and people seem quite happy to give their money to a government to look after and actually not expect much of a return at all. A couple of years back, Ben Bernanke cited a couple of factors which impacted the term premium. The first being uh, volatility of the instrument uh, that you're looking at and the second is supply and demand um, factors uh, around the, the security in question. Uh, in recent times, we have seen uh, bond volatility um, rising. Uh, the question is whether this is uh, a temporary or a, a persistent phenomenon. But if the volatility has gone up, uh, then investors will want uh, you know, a higher uh, a risk premium um, to, for bearing that increased uh, uh, volatility. And secondly, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the supply and demand aspect of, of a particular security. And in recent times, I guess, we are seeing sort of the net supply uh, rising relative to uh, demand. Tom Kenny there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Thursday, October the 26th. Catch you tomorrow with the latest from the European Central Bank. Remember, it's supposed to pause. And from US GDP out tonight. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.